So we're continuing on our series, Living the Overcoming Life. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 2. It says, And unto the church, unto the angel of the church of Thyatira, write, These things saith the Son of God, which had his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. He said, I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and last me more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication. We said that fornication is the umbrella word for sexual immorality, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. It says that I gave, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which such the Rains and the hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Tyatera, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. He that overcometh. And keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Hallelujah. So we're supposed to listen to everything he says to the churches, not just this church, amen? Now, but let's back up a little. He talked about the fact that I know thy works, amen? That means that I know your fruit, what you do, your deeds, amen? Uh, Christians are supposed to live a certain way. Glory be to God, we're supposed to live a certain way. Now, don't throw, don't say, oh, I, if it depends on me in any way, then... Uh, is a loser's game for me. No, don't be like that. Anybody can do this because it's done supernaturally. God has to be in it. You see, and I know your charity, your love, your practical love and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last be more than the first. Praise the Lord. So this particular church had all the works, the service, all the good things were going on. Praise the Lord Jesus. All the good things were going on in the church and, uh, uh, and the Lord saw all of that. Praise God. And they were still going to do other things. But now something happened and this lady came in and began to preach a certain doctrine. And the doctrine she was preaching was gradually seducing people to go back to what they left behind. You know, when you come to Christ, there must be the living of the world. There must be the living of sin, wrongdoing, wrong living, to go into right living. 
Praise God. But it is not possible for someone who's not born again to do that. Amen. So that's why I'm, I'm saying I'm going to be very practical today. All right, praise the Lord. Now, and also uh, uh, another scripture that is, you know, one of our texts is, comes from Romans chapter 12 and from verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So um, these things that he says for us to do, sometimes people say, how do I renew my mind? What does he mean? Renew my mind and all of that. So I'm going to give you some practical things about the overcoming life. Praise the Lord. The first thing, just, you know, anybody could be listening, so I'm, I'm not assuming anything, but I'm just giving it to you from the beginning. All right, praise God. You must be born again. Hallelujah. Second is that you must be water baptized. The third is that you should be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the fullness of the Spirit. All right? Um, these things are necessary for the Christian life. Mark chapter 16. Now, first, let's go to John, uh, John chapter 3, verse 1. John chapter 3. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, you know, the, 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 the Arabs or in the Middle East, they say Rabbi, all right? They say, Rabbi, that, that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is vital. He cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot perceive the kingdom of God. He, he cannot know the kingdom of God. This is why if you do, if you are, uh, someone associating with Christians and you're in church, you may know the lingo, but you can't see the kingdom. Now, if you come to church and you're not born again, you could even end up becoming the pastor of a church, you could end up becoming a president of a seminary, but you're not born again. What that means is that you may have an idea of the lingo, but you can't see the kingdom. And if the enemy comes at you, you will deny the faith. So if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot understand the spirit of the kingdom's operation. So let's keep going. Hallelujah. In John chapter 3, praise the Lord. It says you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot perceive the kingdom of God. You do not know what it's about. Hallelujah. You don't know what God is trying to do. And Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So he's saying, he's talking about the same thing, but he's saying this person is not in the kingdom if he's not born again. And to be born again is to be born of water, which is indicative of the word of God and the spirit of God. Hallelujah. So if he's not born of the spirit of God and the word of God, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The Bible says by faith we drank into the same spirit with God. We came into his kingdom. Through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Mother that I said unto, unto thee, ye must be born again. He didn't say you might be born again. You know, if you like, be born again. No, he said you must be born again. And verse 8 says, And the wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot see or tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So when you're born again, you're born of the Spirit of God. When you're born again, you're born of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. These things are vital because there are statements made in Scripture that apply to this. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus charged the disciples and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Glory be to God. So Jesus commanded us to what? Get saved and get water baptized. Hallelujah. Okay. We will see a pattern in scripture that says that this is what happened throughout the book of Acts. These are Bible foundational doctrines. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down unto, from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is the desert. And he arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a, a, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasury or tr treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near, join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which, which he read was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his sharers so opened he not his mouth. 
in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. We should declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. As they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, there's water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Then the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Praise the Lord. I'm sure he probably thought he was an angel. <laughs> All right? Okay. So he got saved. He got water baptized. It was important. Now remember that this was after the resurrection of Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's go uh, uh, again to Acts chapter 10. This had to do with Cornelius. Amen? Uh, this is a very, uh, this is one chapter in the whole of the book of Acts dedicated to a Gentile and a soldier. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So you see the kind of life he was living. He was living a religious life. He was a man that feared God. He was a devout man. But he was not saved. You can do all of these things that the Bible talks about concerning Cornelius and still not be saved, not be born again. So having soup kitchen, delivering things, being, doing philanthropic work is good, but it does not save a soul. And he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine arms and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose son name is Peter. He lodged with one Simon Etana, whose house is by the seaside. And he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. So, in spite of this fact that he did all of these things, he was not saved. And angels don't save people. Glory be to God. He's a child of God that will preach the gospel to the world that they may be saved. Hallelujah. Then Peter went to his home. And when he got there, began to preach to him concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And then let's go to the latter end of it. And he commanded, verse 44, he says, and he commanded us to preach unto the people 
and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the living and the dead. That's quick and the dead. Praise God. That word quick there means living and the dead. To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believed in him should receive remission of sins. That is forgiveness and the blotting out of transgressions. Amen. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which had received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Praise the Lord Jesus. Again, we see another story in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. The reason I'm saying this is that when you get born again, the next thing is you should be get, you should get water baptized. Now, sometimes, and then get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, sometimes you can get filled with the Holy Ghost. But even after you're, you're already saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and sometimes God just bulldozes the whole thing. What do I mean? You just see somebody, the person just gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Hearing the message, believing it, the Holy Spirit comes upon the person. The person is, you know, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. But you still need to be water baptized. Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 19, praise the Lord Jesus, from verse 1. So you may see the importance of the fullness of the spirit with evidence of speaking with other tongues. Some believers say, you know, you don't have to speak with tongues or tongues died with the last apostle and all of that. That's, that's ignorance. That's nonsense. It's not true. They didn't get it from the scriptures. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is here with us. He will be with us forever. Why are all these things so vital for victory and the overcoming life? In First John, First Epistle of John, chapter five, verse one, he says, "Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God." That's why he says that the, Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, "He said, if you believe with all of your heart, nothing stops you from being water baptized." That's what he's talking about here. And everyone that believeth on Him that begat, believeth on Him also that is begotten of Him. You can love God. And not love the believers. In John chapter 13 verse 34. Jesus said to us. He said. A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another. As I have loved you. That ye also love one another. Verse 35. By this shall all men know. That ye are my disciples. When ye have love one toward another. Praise God. So he says, by this we know we love the children of God, in verse 2 of 1 John chapter 5, when we love God and keep his commandments. He says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, his word, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever 
is born of God overcometh the world. It's a principle, it's a rule. Whatsoever is born of God innately has the ability to overcome the world. It's innate. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. In fact, it's like God making a decree and saying, once you're born of me, is certain you will overcome the world. Hallelujah. I want you to bear that in mind. That's the reason why we started with the fact that you need to be born again. And you need to be water baptized. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he's the greater one that is in you. He's the standard.